Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching Tesla Time News. Episode 312. On Now You Know. You might be saying, why'd you say 312 like that, Jesse? It's because take 312 divided by 52, you get six. What does that mean? We've been doing this show for six years running. We never skipped a week. That's right. And it's all because of our Patreons. So thank you so much to our patrons. They help support us, bring you independent news every week. And you can join them by heading over to patreon.com slash now you know. There's really cool perks, so it's not like you're just supporting us for nothing. Thanks to Finimize for sponsoring this video. Finimize is an app that helps you become a smarter investor in 10 minutes per day, delivering all the insights and tools you need to make smarter financial decisions. Since I started using the app, I feel more confident in my investing. I've been investing in stocks since I was a teenager. We're talking the 80s here, and I update my portfolio every trading day. So I like using Finimize to start my day with the daily morning briefings. It's a great way to get expert financial insights in a bite-sized format. Finimize puts eight hours of research into just 10 minutes. They do the research, saving you time to do other things. My favorite feature is that you can read or listen to the app. We're all busy, so I love that I can also listen to Finimize on the go. On the app, you'll find guides on topics around financial literacy, along with short and engaging stories to help understand the biggest financial opportunities. Quick, to the point, jargon-free, and smart. Like an article I just read that pointed out what Peter Lynch once said, far more money has been lost by investors preparing for corrections than has been lost in the corrections themselves. It's a really good point. Also, great strategies, and Finimize can help you spot under-the-radar opportunities in tech, stocks, personal finance, and more. I also like that you can connect with thousands of smart investors in private groups and live events. Finimize was voted App of the Day in 2021. Click the link in the description box to get a seven-day free trial of Finimize and 40% off. See why Finimize has over a million users and become a smarter investor in minutes. So this is a fun story. T-Mobile's CEO Mike Sievert took to the stage at Starbase last Thursday with Elon to announce that T-Mobile and SpaceX have partnered on a new technology that T-Mobile is calling Above and Beyond. The ability for existing cell phones on their network to be able to use the Starlink satellite network to make calls and texts anywhere in the U.S. Yeah, as Mike and Elon pointed out, there are currently 500,000 square miles of the U.S. that have absolutely no cell reception. Using Starlink, there would be coverage everywhere. We say would be because this hasn't happened yet, though. Yeah, according to Sievert, this will be rolled out starting late next year and would be a free addition to most of their popular phone plans on T-Mobile. To do this, Starlink is constructing a new and more powerful phased array antenna for its satellites that will allow them to pick up your cell phone signal 500 miles away, going 17,000 miles an hour. Now, to be clear, this is not high bandwidth. It's about two to four megabits per second, or about one to 2,000 phone calls per satellite area. It'll likely be limited to certain communication apps that don't use a lot of data to send messages or voice calls. Right. Now, you might be saying, oh, two to four megabits. That's like what I'd get in a hotel. No. 
No, no, no. No, 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 no. Yeah. That two to four megabits is for old, everybody. For everybody within that satellite's zone. And now, you might it, be saying, how big is that zone? Yeah. Is that like a cell phone uh, signal area? No. No. Take a circle okay. of 100 miles in diameter. That bandwidth spread among that amount of space. And so that's why they need special apps that are going to not say, oh, yeah, I'll send that, you know, 14 megabyte GIF. No, no, you're not going to send video. You're not going to send pictures. You are just going to basically be sending text messages, which are like little teeny tiny packets of information and voice calls. Um, as they said, you could fit about uh, a thousand voice calls within that area. Oh, and so this works because these are low density areas, places where most people don't live anyway. Right. So we're not talking about New York City here. We're talking about the absolute middle of nowhere. Now, you might be saying, I don't usually lose cell phone coverage, and when I do, it's only a slight inconvenience, so I don't care. I don't care. But, as they pointed out, there's half a million square miles of the U.S. that doesn't have cell phone coverage. If you're out there hiking, uh, biking, flying, uh, doing uh, in a anything. Boat, I mean, you right. could be doing pretty much anything. If you can't call people to let them know that you have hurt yourself, you have to now drag yourself out or wait for people to go, hey, where's Greg? I mean, I haven't seen him in a while. Let's talk about the coasts. I mean, if you're out there fishing or sailing and you need help and you try and call someone, a lot of times there's no cell phone coverage and you're going to die. I think what's really going to happen here is that as soon as some life is saved, mm. uh, maybe next year or the year after, and people start to realize that this is a big deal, mm. I think we're going to see that this was a necessary thing. The crazy part is we might not even hear the story mm. because it's just going to be like, and I took on my cell phone and I had service and I called. And it's like, okay, so your rattlesnake bite wasn't a big deal. And here's the thing. It's using existing cell phones. You don't have to buy like a new phone. This exactly. is using existing cell phone coverage. So that's pretty amazing. Elon tweeted out Starlink version two launching next year will transmit direct to mobile phones, eliminating dead zones worldwide. And Dave Lee asked, will Tesla cars get this feature too in the future to connect directly to Starlink satellites for emergency calls and texts? And Elon said, yes. So I'm a bit confused. I'm a bit confused. Because Elon said it's going to use your mobile phone to eliminate dead zones right. but then dave lee asked will the tesla themselves have this directly so they're gonna have to add something well yeah i mean so right now tesla has a 4g which is not the same kind of communication it it might have the right chips and antennas and stuff to communicate with this lower bandwidth signal but i don't know if the car is set up for making a phone call itself saying hello i am a phone because it's a car but, I mean, it can connect to the network, so I think it can make calls. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's already in there. But, hey, comment down below if you know the answer. So Tesla has released a new version of the Model Y in Europe available for purchase on the Tesla website. This is the rear-wheel drive standard range Model Y, and here are the stats. So a WLTP range of 455 kilometers or 283 miles. This is versus the long range of 533 kilometers or 331 miles. 0 to 100 kilometers an hour in 6.9 seconds versus 4.8 seconds for the long range. Wow. So way less peppy, way less range. Yeah. Same top speed, but slower due to the fact that there's just one motor. Okay, so what's the price? Well, this is the best part. The price in the Netherlands, for example, including VAT, is 50,000 euros. Wow. Wow. That's like 16,000 euros less than the long range. Yeah, and that includes the VAT or value-added tax of about 8,850 euros. So it actually starts at 42,000 euros, which is about the same in dollars because the euro and the dollar are almost equal right now. Wait, so that would mean that it would cost around $20,000 less than the least expensive version of the Model Y 
available in the U.S. right now. Yeah. What's weird is that in some European markets, this Model Y is now cheaper than a base Model 3. And according to Tesla's website, Europeans could get this Model Y rear-wheel drive standard version delivered between December and February. So do you think the standard range is being built in Shanghai or Berlin? From what I can gather, I think this Model Y is going to be made at Giga Berlin using BYD's Blade batteries. Shanghai would involve too much in shipping and import fees to make it possible, in my opinion. Okay, but now why is Tesla... Uh, doing this? Why are they coming out the standard range? Elon said he'd never do that. Well, in many European countries, there are tax incentives in the 7,000 euro range for EVs under around 45,000 euros. For instance, under a new incentive that started in July in Sweden, EVs under 700,000 kroner or about $65,500 get a 70,000 kroner or $6,500 incentive. I think Tesla is trying to take advantage of these incentives, which in turn, as we've talked about, opens up an even bigger potential market. As we've said before, for every $5,000 you lower the price of a vehicle, you double the number of people who can afford it. Also, we should note that the standard Model Y will come with 19-inch wheels, premium seating, which includes heating on all seats, and a heated steering wheel, premium sound, but only fast charging up to 170 kilowatts instead of the normal 250 kilowatts. But if it is using the Blade BYD uh, batteries, you should be able to charge up to 100% without hurting the battery, which means you're getting more effective range. Oh, because the Blade batteries are a different chemistry. They're LFP as opposed to lithium ion. Right. Now, we have heard that this version of the Model Y will actually start being delivered in November. Some Europeans have reached out and said they're actually getting it that soon. So maybe my guess is that Shanghai is producing these early versions. Mm. But I think soon after that, they will have to be made in Berlin to save on money because there's so many like import tax fees and stuff like that. Now, do you think that this is a similar thing that's what's going to happen to the Model 3 mm. long range version in the U.S. to get under that 55000 price tag in order to get the $7,500 tax? Incentive? I would not be surprised at all. Anyway, comment below. Would you be interested in this version? We're doing a poll later on in the show to see if uh, people would like this version. So we reported back in 2020 how California Governor Gavin Newsom ordered state agencies to prepare a plan for banning gas cars in California. Well, now, after much debate and open hearings, CARB, or the California Air Resources Board, has unanimously issued their new Advanced Clean Cars 2 regulation, or Act 2. Bless you. Oh, Act 2. Get it. I guess. <laughs> Here are the specifics of the regulation. So basically, it's a ban on the sale of new gas-powered light-duty passenger cars, trucks, and SUVs after 2035. Mm -hmm. EVs must come with a charging cable. Oh. Adapters must be available for standardized public chargers. Interesting. Used vehicles must have battery health metrics so buyers know what they're getting. I love that one. Batteries must hold 70% range for 10 years or 150,000 miles, 80% range after 2030 model a year. Hmm. The warranties must guarantee 70% of battery capacity for eight years or 100,000 miles. That goes up to 75% in 2031 model years. EV repair info must be disclosed to independent repair shops. That's a big one. That's a big one. And EVs must have 150-mile minimum range and fast charging. Now, I don't know what fast charging means. I don't know if that's like a minimum of 50 kilowatts or something, but it definitely can't be like level two charging. Okay, there's some big things in here. And at first, you might just be like, who cares? Um, but this is a big deal. And not just because California is the country's biggest car market. I mean, California sells six times as many EVs as the next highest state of Florida. But also, there are currently 15 states that have adopted the CARB standards. So that's 40% of the U.S. car market. Also, you might be like, whatever. Nothing has to happen till 2035. Whatever. But actually, these regulations phase in over the next decade. So starting in 2026, which is just around the corner... 
automakers have to meet these minimum standards. Right. Take a look at this chart. 35% of cars sold in California will have to be ZEV or zero emission or plug-in hybrid in 2026, going up linearly until 100% in 2035. And if they don't hit these targets, automakers can get hit with a penalty up to $20,000 per vehicle. Now, look, I know. I know. You're probably thinking, who cares? Who cares that CARB passed this regulation? But it's actually going to be a big deal because it's another nail in the coffin for gas cars. Another nail spelling the end of an era for internal combustion engines. CARB expects that this Act 2 regulation will cut auto emissions by 50% from 2026 to 2040, the equivalent to almost a billion barrels of petroleum that won't be burned. Less smog and $13 billion in health costs avoided just in California alone. Thousands of people are going to live instead of dying from cardiopulmonary deaths. And this CARB regulation is going to affect how the EPA adopts their car regulations next year. So it really is a big deal, and I'm pumped that these regulations are now going into effect. So you remember Dan O'Dowd and the Don Project, you know, the guy who claimed that Tesla full self-driving system is the worst software he's ever seen. It's going to mow down children, even though it hasn't done that, even when people tried to do it. Well, last week... Tesla decided to take legal action against Dan O'Dowd. Tesla's senior director and deputy general counsel, Dana Eskin Esquire, sent a cease and desist letter to Dan O'Dowd demanding that he immediately stop all defamatory ads, immediately remove test track videos, issue a public retraction of all false claims within 24 hours, disclose the funding for the tests, including whether campaign funds were used. Because remember that Dan ran for U.S. Senate as a one-issue Tesla is bad candidate and lost, getting less than 1% of the vote, by the way. Also, Dan must disclose all regulatory agencies that endorsed his testing methodology. Wow. Wow. So that letter is asking a lot. And what will Tesla do if he doesn't obey? The letter says Tesla will exercise all legal remedies available to it in the event of your noncompliance with the above and reserves all rights. Please adjust your actions accordingly. And I saw that Dan tweeted out that Elon is a coward for having his lawyers send the letter. Homar's catalog tweeted out LMFAO. Dan O'Dowd just went full Greenspan. And Elon said bad crazy. Yeah, look, I'm really glad that uh, Elon did this. It's kind of what we talked about a week or two ago. Um, Elon has said he's not going to take this kind of crap anymore, and that's why he's hiring all these lawyers. Um, he's going to go after people, and it looks like he is going after them. And, I mean, Dan O'Dowd said that uh, Elon's a coward for uh, using lawyers, which, I mean, okay. But, Dan, I, I challenged you to a fist fight, and you still haven't contacted me, so... Who's the who's coward? Who's the real coward? <laughs> coward. And if you want Dan O'Dowd to see this video and maybe uh, get in contact with me, hit the like button. It would help perhaps get Dan O'Dowd to see this video and to stop being such a wuss. All right, but let's uh, step it down a little bit. Let's take a look at some EV data from the Department of Energy. What we're about to look at is the number of EV registrations in each state of the U.S., okay? So we're going to compare the number of EVs registered in 2020 compared to the data that just came in for 2021. Okay, so we're scrolling slowly down the list here so you can take a look at the states that interest you. Of course, California has the most EVs registered, going from 425,000 in 2020 to 563,000 in 2021. Now, what's the third and fifth columns? That is the percent of total EVs in 2020 and then in 2021. So you can see that California, for instance, went from having 42% of all EVs in 2020 in the country to having 38.7% in 2021 as other states started catching up. Okay. And the sixth column? That is the year-over-year -year growth. So how much EV registrations grew in one year? And will you look at that? 
every single state in the nation had double-digit growth. In fact, California had the lowest growth rate of 32.4%, while Oklahoma had 111% growth rate. Well, that's because Oklahoma started out with a very small number of EVs. Right. Currently, EVs make up 5% of all the registered cars on the road in the U.S. So when you hear people throwing around older numbers, they're like, well, there's only like less than 1% or EVs. They are wrong. Wrong. Not this time. It's fiction. 5% today are EVs. So Tesla has released over-the-air software update 2022.24, which has some new features. Now, this is not the full self-driving over-the-air software update. No. This is the normal, the normie one for the people who didn't spend $12,000. cheap skates. <laughs> for full self-driving. Okay, so Elon had promised the integration of cloud profiles last year, and now... They've arrived. What are cloud profiles again? So Tesla describes the new Tesla profiles in the release notes. Keep your settings and preferences synchronized across all supported vehicles using your Tesla account, including mirror, seating, and steering wheel adjustments, autopilot, driving, and climate control preferences, navigation, media, and data sharing preferences. You can set up your Tesla profile from driver profile settings and change your profile picture from the Tesla mobile app. Oh, okay. So if I like Turo a car or get into my friend's Tesla, I can keep my settings in my account and access them from my app and then push them to the Tesla I happen to be getting into? Yes. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, Tesla also added the ability to reposition the blind spot camera feed to different positions on the display. So, you know, when you put on your blinker and uh, the little uh, camera view pops up mm -hmm. and you get to see... Oh, yeah, yeah. Direction of behind you. Well, to adjust the placement of that on the screen, you go to controls, autopilot, automatic blind spot camera. That's cool. You can move it. I don't know where exactly you can move it, but I mean, that's great because yeah. it's not in the best spot for you, for me. Exactly. And you might have an arm that drives like this. So I get it. Also added, if you have premium connectivity, Tesla has slightly updated how the nav screen shows slower traffic conditions along your route by now making the different colors part of your route line instead of being next to that line. Any other new features? Oh yeah, Tesla now makes it possible to disable sounds in sentry mode. They say to prevent disturbing neighbors, you can now disable the sounds made by sentry mode. Mobile app notifications will still be delivered. To enable this setting on the touchscreen, tap controls, safety, sentry mode, disable sentry mode sounds. Tesla also added a new driving behavior that applies regular brakes when regen is limited. All oh, right, because when you first get in the car and the battery's full, let's say, and you take your foot off the accelerator, you may not get much brakes, but it's going to do the braking for you. Yes. That's cool. I love One that. One pedal driving. That's something that I think we asked for years and years and years ago. I'm glad that they took the time and got it perfect because it could be. I almost feel like that's the number one thing in this release for me, at least <laughs> for you. Um, they also have the ability to uninstall unwanted video games to free up space on well, the computer. Well, hang on. That's really cool. Does that mean that maybe more games are coming? Could be. Because there's a lot of games I don't need. They also have timestamps on tire pressure readings. Why do you need that? Well, you know, if it's like colder in the morning. You know, you know, high school chemistry, Pivnert. Uh, no, I don't remember it. You know, uh, pressure times volume equals NRT. R is a constant, T is temperature. Temperature. Just, what are you talking You're about? You're gonna decrease the volume and the, and the pressure. Are you saying that like in the morning when it's cold out and you get a different tire pressure yeah. reading and so now this is letting you know when that reading was taking yeah. place? Oh, okay. Pivnert. Pivners. Is very, that very simple. I don't understand what's so confusing. So Ford has reopened ordering for the Mach-E starting today. Oh, good. They fixed that contactor problem. Sure. No, I mean, remember earlier this year where the main contactors of the cars were failing, causing cars to, like, lose power on the highways. 
I mean, so Ford told its dealers to stop delivering them. Well, that was the 2022 Mach-E's. The orders are opening for the 2023 Mach-E's. But what about the contactors? Well, Ford already issued a recall. You simply drive your Mach-E down to the Ford dealership. They'll do a software update and you're good to go. See, Tesla isn't the only ones with the software fixes for problems. Except that those are over-the-air updates. Now, how does the software fix work? Oh, uh, it just allows the car to keep driving slowly if it detects that the contactor fails. I'm sure the 2023 Mach-E's won't have this problem. Maybe that's why there's been a price increase. Oh, great. Yeah, check it out. Look, uh, 3000 to $8,000 more than the 2022 model year. Kind of like we just saw with the Ford F-150 prices. Yeah, and of course, Ford is claiming supply chain issues for the price increases. Or could it be that the federal tax credit has something to do with it? Hmm. Wicked. Hey, and if you're enjoying the show, please hit the like button. It really helps us out. And I want to thank Cybertruck Owners Club for sponsoring Tesla Time News. You can go check out their website for Cybertruck news, discussions, and community for Cybertruck enthusiasts and future owners. You can also find a crowdsourced reservation tracker that you can update and find your place in the Cybertruck line. And don't forget their 3D configurator, allowing you to visualize the Cybertruck in any color, wrap, and logo, both on screen and in augmented reality. So we don't just review e-mobility products on our sister YouTube channel, now let's review. Yeah, I saw that you and Bobby reviewed the desktop composter by Lomi. Yeah, this thing is really cool. There's been a lot of buzz about it. Our buddy Bill in Wisconsin sent us his review of it a while back, and he really seemed to like it. So remind me what it does again. It's kind of simple, but also magic at the same time. You uh, throw food waste into it, and about 24 hours later, you get compost for your garden. But that usually takes three months. I know, right? That's the magic part. I mean, I really enjoyed your video. You and Bobby really know a lot about composting. Um, you've been doing it for years, and you walk through how the process works along with the pros and the cons of the Lomi. Yeah, I mean, we wanted to really put it through its paces before we reviewed it, so not just an unboxing video, but daily use in our kitchen for a couple months to see every aspect. So if you're composting now at home or just thinking about it, I urge you to check out our video, and remember to subscribe to Now Let's Review so we can keep doing more reviews like this for you. So Tesla is looking to hire a bunch of new engineers to work on it autonomous humanoid robot Optimus. Konstantinos Laskaris, Tesla's lead electric motor designer based in Greece, announced last week the ability to simultaneously optimize designs for performance, efficiency, cost, and manufacturability is what makes Tesla the leader in electric motor technology. Developing a humanoid robot requires pushing the technology boundaries even further, bringing us new challenges. Finding talented and passionate people to join our growing team is fundamental. Tesla has advertised to hire for the following positions, mainly in Palo Alto, but at least one engineer in Greece. So we should be seeing a working prototype at AI Day number two on September 30th. And Elon has even said that Tesla could bring the robot to production as soon as next year. And don't forget, we're going to be live streaming the Tesla AI Day number two on September 30th. We're going to have a guest during the pre and post show to talk about everything we're learning. So make sure you subscribe to this channel and mark your calendars. Rome, the Swedish Kenyan electric mobility company, has just launched their rapid electric bus in Kenya. We interviewed Rome's CEO and co-founder, Philip Lovstrom, and you can see that interview over on our Disruptive Investing channel. This is a really interesting company. They started by making electric motorcycles called the Rome Air, and they are partnering with Uber to deploy over 3,000 electric motorcycles in Africa this year. Now they've expanded their lineup to electric buses, specifically for the African urban market. So here are the stats. The rapid electric bus has a 384 kilowatt hour battery for 224 miles or 360 kilometers of range. Top speed of only 44 miles an hour because urban buses don't need to go that fast. Mm. Uh, it seats up to 90 passengers, and it fast charges in two hours. The buses will be assembled locally, and even some of the parts manufacturing takes place locally in Kenya, which provides local jobs. 
This is a great company doing great things, and my hat is off to them. Again, go check out our new interview on disruptive investing to learn more. The DC fast charger manufacturer Tritium, trading on the NASDAQ under the ticker symbol DCFC, announced back in February that they would be opening a U.S. EV charger factory, and last week... They open the doors. The new factory is located in Lebanon, Tennessee, and will start by making the RTM DC fast charger capable of charging speeds up to 75 kilowatts. Tritium will then start making their PKM 150 pictured here next year. This model can charge up to 150 kilowatts. Now, why did Australia-based Tritium open a U.S. factory? Well, I think Tritium CEO Jane Hunter said it best. These advanced DC fast chargers are expected to fulfill requirements for the recently enacted Inflation Reduction Act, which provides $370 billion for climate change initiatives to help reduce carbon emissions by roughly 40% by 2030. Additionally, Tritium's PKM150 fast charger is expected to meet Federal Highway Administration Buy America Act standards in Q1 2023, making that fast charger an ideal candidate for National Electric Vehicle Infrastructure Program funding. So get it. Federal money, <laughs> money, money. Got to make them here if you want the federal money. Um, but we have a factory in Lebanon, Tennessee, making fast chargers, and that's going to be creating 500 jobs. Exactly. This shows you that if you set up the right policies, you affect adoption rates. You actually get things to happen faster towards the direction you want them to happen, and you get those companies to settle here. Because I do want to point out that the Tritium Electrify America chargers are the ones that don't break as much. Um, so it's it's good that they're making more of them, I guess. Right. All right. So automakers have this way of stretching out the release of information about their upcoming models to maximize attention. I guess it works. That's why they do it. So one of their tricks is to tease the interior of a soon-to-be-released model, usually after you tease the exterior. Case in point, here is Mercedes teasing their interior of the upcoming five-seat EQE SUV. The EQE, you may remember, was debuted in September last year as a smaller model following their flagship EQS. And of course, along with the teaser photos you get the marketing copy. The dominant outer vents have a turbine design deliberately playing on the theme of hyper-analog through the contrast between high-tech precision mechanics. The front section of the center console joins the instrument panel and is freestanding in space. The vent band from the cockpit is visually contained in the front doors. Wow. You know how they say like a picture says a thousand words? Market copy is like saying a thousand words that doesn't say anything. <laughs> exactly. Speaking of interior teases, Genesis, Hyundai's luxury brand, teased the interior of its upcoming Speedium Coupe last week at the Monterey Car Show. Even though I doubt the Genesis Speedium will ever be produced, the parent company Hyundai has sold over 73,000 EVs so far this year. You make it sound like 73,000 is a lot, but to put that number in perspective, Tesla has delivered over 564,000 so far this year, just to put it in. Fair, fair point. But let me distract you from what's really going on with the floating center console that wraps around the driver and the two-tone interior featuring a pine grove green driver's seat offset by Monterey gold all around. The gold, by the way, is inspired by the northern coasts of California, representing golden sand. <laughs> or the quilted leather seats and door trim that make you feel like you're driving a classic sports car. You feel like you're driving a sports car. Okay. But seriously, Hyundai has been left out of the new EV tax incentive because of the made in America part, because it's not made in America. Well, Hyundai had announced earlier this year plans to build a $5.5 billion U.S. factory. Well, now on Yonhap News in South Korea, they have said that Hyundai is looking to speed up those plans and possibly start construction by the end of this year. Again, it's amazing what a carrot can do. You know, you just say, oh, 
you got to make it here. Or you don't get the money. <laughs> uh, yeah, it'd be really cool if the Ionic 6 was made here in the U.S. Yeah. So I think this might be my favorite story this week. So why is that? Oh, yeah, you'll see. Okay. Uh, Jack Hollis, mm-hmm. Senior Vice President of Sales at Toyota Motor North America, in a webinar hosted by the Automotive Press Association, said this about EVs. Okay. I don't think the market is ready. I don't think the infrastructure is ready. And even if you were ready to purchase one, and if you could afford it, the price is still too high. It took 25 years to get less than 10% market share for hybrid. The consumer isn't demanding EVs at that level. The consumer is not screaming 30 or 40% by tomorrow. Oh, I see why this is your favorite story. Rant alert! (laughs) Well, okay, there's this expression that Nero played the fiddle while Rome burned. And historians are quick to point out that the fiddle didn't exist in 64 AD and that we don't have any evidence that he was playing music. But in 2022, we have an actual quote from this bozo who's losing market share to Tesla. And their only EV offering, the BZ4X, literally has the wheels falling off of it, which means that they can barely sell it. I mean, at least there was something poetic about Nero playing the ch- probably the chithera. At least there was that. But no, this guy is going like, hey, Rome isn't burning. It'd be like if he was on the roof. Hey, Ro- hey, guys, stop running around. It's not on fire. Where's he been is what I want to know. Has he been busy just playing golf or something? I like- have no idea. I don't. I mean, look, first, this isn't how the world works. Consumers don't go, I think that 30 or 40 percent by tomorrow. That's not what we say. We're consumers. We go, oh, my God, is that the new iPhone? Oh, do I want it? That's what we do. And do you know what happened? Right. Like we had cell phones since the 80s. Right. And there were cell phones. People, they were expensive and they were clunky and they were dumb. And then, right, cell phones became affordable. They became awesome when you had like a touchscreen and Mm -hmm. you could, you know, have a Bic lighter app. That was that is what sold half the iPhones in the world. Right. Tesla has done the impossible. Mm -hmm. They have co-opted. It's like they came out with the iPhone back in the 90s. Right. Could you imagine if if I if Apple had done that? Mm. You know, everyone's walking around with these bricks and all of a sudden you're like, "What what's that?" Oh, it's just an iPhone. But it's the 90s. How how do you have that? I don't know. They just started making them. You go, "What?" Cuz we went from, you know, the Nissan Leaf in 2010 to the Model S in 2012, but of course that was too expensive, to the Model 3 in 2016. And Pretty much no other manufacturer has been able to beat the Model 3 in terms of price, range, charging speed, just overall amazingness. And this guy is going to sit here and go, well, the consumers aren't saying that they want 20 to 30 percent, even though they are, even though that's how we're voting. I looked him up on LinkedIn and his whole career has been with Toyota. And my only concern here, Jack, is that. This might be the end of your career because yes. uh, if you only worked at Toyota, it's not going to look good on your resume when you apply at all these EV companies. And they're like, so you worked at a non-EV company and you have no experience in EVs. Well, yeah, I don't think it's a thing. <laughs> but don't worry, I have a lot of uh, experience with dealers. I mean, cars all have four wheels, right? I know about that. Hey, and if you want to share this story with your friends, but you don't want to share this entire hour-long episode, go to the Now You Know Clips channel where we chop these up into little bite-sized clips, easy to share. Okay, so we got word from the Rivian forums that the first R1S has been delivered to a non-Rivian employee. Right, the first R1Ss were delivered to Rivian employees way back in December, specifically CEO RJ Scaringe and CFO Claire McDonough. But now, Kyle Schultz posted R1S in my driveway. 
And even though Kyle could be considered a VIP because he's big on the Rivian forums, another reservation holder, Rick Fletcher, also got his last week, and he claims he has no connection to Rivian whatsoever. Well, that's great news because we got a first-day reservation on an R1S as well. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of our coverage of the upcoming R1S and our Ford F-150. By the way, the Ford dealer called me the other day, and he said, Oh, it's on a train to uh, Massachusetts. Uh, Yeah, it should be there in a couple weeks. But it missed the previous train. That's why we don't have it. And I was like, why does a train from Michigan to Massachusetts take two weeks? Um, I don't know. Post it in the comments. If if you're like a train expert, I hope they're sandbagging. It's supposed to be here sooner. I hope it comes any day now. But speaking of the R1S... Kia's EV9 is actually set to start production in Q1 of next year, and they leaked some camouflage pictures this week. Whoa, so it's kind of like a competitor to the R1S. Yeah, this will be Kia's second all-electric model under their EV series name, following the EV6 crossover, which came out earlier this year. We've got some more stats to share about the EV9. Uh, 0 to 100 kilometers an hour in 5 seconds. That's pretty good. Uh, 336 miles of range. And this meaningless stat they gave out, um, 100 kilometers of range in six minutes of charging time. So that's 62 miles in six minutes. But we don't know where on the charging curve that is. Exactly. It's probably at like 3% to, you know, whatever 62 miles is. Right. Now, we know that the R1S starts at 78,000, which makes it possible to get the new U.S. EV tax credit. If you don't add any <laughs> options. But we don't know about the EV9 starting price yet. Uh, comment below if you think the EV9 could be a competitor to the R1S. I mean, if you can get it sooner than the R1S, which I'm pretty sure you're looking at 2024 at the earliest if you order the R1S today. And if it comes in cheaper, I think it would be a great option. Yeah. All right. It's time for Into the Future, sponsored by our friends at Henson Shaving. And I, you know, I say it every week. I, I use my Henson razor. The thing that I really like about it is that it doesn't cause any irritation to my face. Mm. Um, when I was younger and I was using a five bladed razor and I would be like, every time I shave, it's fine. And then the next day I'm just covered with pimples. I don't have that problem anymore. A single razor blade held in this amazing contraption called the Henson Shaver is what means that I don't have to put on so much makeup. So head on over to HensonShaving.com to get yours and use the code now you know for 100 free blades. So one of the features that sets the Chinese EV manufacturer Neo apart from its competitors is its battery swap technology. Yeah, if you drive a Neo, you can rent your battery, and when your battery gets low, instead of stopping to charge, you drive to a Neo swapping station, and it automatically swaps out your car's battery pack for a fully charged one in just a few minutes. Well, at Neo's latest Power Day event, Neo explained that they are finishing testing on their third generation battery swap station and have actually been able to use them as battery backups for the grid in China. Yeah, you see, these swap stations have 13 packs inside them, which combined is about 600 to 700 kilowatt hours of power stored. During some hot days in Hefei in July, Neo was able to discharge the energy from 15 swap stations back to the grid all without affecting Neo customers to give back 8 megawatt hours within a five-day period. These stations gave back 1.4% of the grid's needed power within one minute, saving 3,000 households from losing power. Neo is testing 22 swap stations in Guangdong, 58 in Shanghai, 8 in Zhejiang, 7 in Nanjing, basically 108 in total across China. Of its 1,067 swap stations, over half have participated in helping the grid. And what is this called? 
Virtual power plants. <laughs> VPP. And yeah, we talk about it working in California, here in Massachusetts. Uh, it's happening now in Japan. And Australia. In Australia. And now, I mean, you see that this actually works. It's amazing. And I mean, I'm going to be talking about this on today's Investor Club bonus mm. story because I think this is a big story. So nearly three years ago today, we released our Magic School Bus episode on In-Depth where we talked about all the benefits of electric school buses and the frankly despicable conditions that diesel school buses put our school children's bodies through. And one of our viewers actually put up a million dollars of his own money to buy four electric school buses for his local area of South Carolina. But in our original video, we discussed how, since they generally only need to be driving around twice a day and hardly at all in the summer, that electric school buses could function as a large grid-tied battery pack. And that's exactly what happened just up the road from us. Beverly, Massachusetts has just two EV school buses, though they're slowly transitioning their 27 school buses. But those two buses were able to provide over 7 megawatt hours to the grid this summer. And that should be able to help balance the power grid and keep dirty and more expensive power plants offline. Um, basically, if you can say, hey, there's power in this school bus that's parked in a parking lot all summer long, we can use it and then we'll charge it up later. Well, then great. You can just do that. Sean Leach, director of technology at Highland Electric Fleets, the company overseeing the project, said electric school buses are ideal assets for V2G applications. Nearly 500,000 school buses in North America spend most of their time parked. Fossil fuel powered buses provide no value when idle. Electric buses, on the other hand, can be used effectively as mobile batteries when not transporting students to provide additional power that supports grid stability and resiliency. And I mean, my power walls are doing that right now as we speak. In fact, right now we're doing the show. My solar panels are filling them up. And later today, around three or four o'clock, my power utility is going to take that power and push it to all my neighbors so that they don't have to provide that power. And you're getting paid. I'm getting paid for it. So these school districts could be using their school buses the same way and getting paid to do it. And the thing is, you're probably going, well, I never heard about that. Right, because this is new technology. This is stuff that you can get paid to do, and I'll bet they'll get paid for years to do it. So go get more electric school buses. They're mobile batteries. Right, because I know this story is a small example. Two school buses and only, you know, seven megawatt hours. That's not a lot. But 500,000 school buses at roughly three and a half megawatt hours each is over 1.7 terawatt hours, which is enough to power about 2 million homes a year. But of course, that's just what the school buses were doing over the summer. So we're probably talking way more than exactly. that. Because I mean, most of the time school buses are just sitting there. And of course, there's also the emergency aspect where you could pull the school buses to exactly. the school, power the school as like a, I don't know, like an emergency shelter or something like yep. that. There's a million things you can do. If you are like, what? This sounds interesting. Please check out our Magic School Bus episode. I think you're going to love it. All right, it's time for Going Green, and we're sponsored by EcoWare. All right, so the Artemis 1 mission didn't launch uh, because of an engine issue. And a reminder here, that was not a SpaceX flight. That was an SLS <laughs> flight. So screw you, SLS. But anyway, Artemis 1's still cool. It's probably still going to happen. And maybe we should extend... The uh, code, we were we were doing code Artemis1 to get you 5% off your order, and mm -hmm. we'll just, we'll extend that. And last week you saw my beautiful Karina Nebula mouse pad and my, and Moonderwear, which um, the video did not hit the number of likes that we want. Oh, so, so you're not going to. You can go back and like it if you want to see me model it, but. Wait, so 20,000 likes and then you'll model the Moonderwear? Yeah. And I mean, I don't know why anyone would want that, but you could try and like this video. Let's hit, I don't know, uh, 15,000 likes. Okay. I'll make it um, even easier for This you. week's new specialty item, though, is the moon mat. 
Check Whoa. that out. Is that cool or what? That's beautiful. Don't forget, we plant multiple trees for every order. We help cap methane spewing abandoned oil wells with the Well Done Foundation, making your purchase carbon negative. So start positive conversations today with carbon negative products at EcoWare. Speaking of underwear, ooh la la. What are you talking about? France. Oh, I I see London. I see France. I don't know what I'm talking I about. I see Eco Wear is <laughs> underpants. The French government will now pay 4,000 euros if you swap your old polluting car for an e-bike. So people living in urban... Uh, well, if you're living in France. Oh, okay. Sorry. They're yeah. not just going to pay anybody. No, that, that would be really nice of France. <laughs> That'd be super cool, though. Um, but anyway, I, I, get why, I get why they're not doing it. Yeah, so people have to live in urban zones in France and have lower incomes, and they can now qualify for this new incentive. And wealthier individuals in France can still get a 400 euro subsidy for switching to an e-bike. In Paris, they have an even more generous subsidy of 500 euros. And I, I don't think that this is just a French thing. I think that this should be common everywhere yeah and you might be saying like i don't like it when the government gives money to people for things that's not cool but l- let's think about this for a second okay so cities will become much safer mm-hmm. cleaner mm-hmm. uh more space mm-hmm. more parking mm-hmm. quieter mm-hmm. more livable more walkable right now if you want all those things doesn't it make sense you'd have to pay for it and if you just pay this thing you get all those things and uh, you're gonna save money Right. You had a whole episode devoted to just parking lots Mm -hmm. about like autonomous driving. But you could even like, let's say that autonomous driving will never work. If people just switch to e-bikes, you still don't need all that parking. Yeah. And all those buildings get turned back into whatever you want. Affordable Mm -hmm. living, uh, businesses, parks. Why do we want them to be parking lots and parking structures? We don't. Anyway, I think it's a great idea. Congratulations, France, for this great policy. And we don't say that that often about France, do we? All right. It's time for Sunspots. Now, we reported on this back in March when it was just a proposal. The idea was a feasibility study to cover water canals in California with solar panels to not only produce power, but also reduce evaporation from water in the canals, which is estimated to be a one to two percent loss every year. Well, now it's becoming a reality. Project Nexus will be located in the Turlock Irrigation District north of Fresno, California. The state of California is funding this $20 million project, which will break ground in two locations in October. A 500-foot span of canal in Hickman, east of Modesto, and a mile-long canal in the nearby city of Ceres. Josh Weimer, Turlock Water and Power's external affairs manager, said, If this is something that works on these first two miles of the Project Nexus that we're doing, there's the potential that this could scale to multiple locations. If all 4,000 miles of canals in California were covered with solar panels, that could produce 13 gigawatts of power. Now, a gigawatt can power 750,000 homes, so that would be 9.75 million homes. And California has 13.1 million homes. So almost all the homes could be powered (laughs) this way. It would also save 65 billion gallons of water annually. That equals 50,000 acres of farmland or 2 million people that could have drinking water. But of course, it's a good thing that California has all the water it needs. Oh, it doesn't. (laughs) And it's also interesting to note that renewables provided more than 25% of electrical generation in the United States during the first half of 2022, according to new data from the U.S. Energy Information Administration, or EIA. Solar produced almost 5% of U.S. electrical output in the first half of this year. Now, renewables outproduce both coal 
and nuclear power by 28% and 38% respectively. So when people keep telling you that, well, coal is what powers all your stupid EVs, uh, you can just point to actual data. Right. And I mean, this covering canals with solar panels is something that's actually already been done in India. Um, this is just the first time it's been happening in the U.S. And what's also cool is that when you cover canals with solar panels, you reduce vegetation, which is something that you have to actually maintain. You have to get rid of all that vegetation mm. that grows because it's getting sunlight. If it doesn't get sunlight, it doesn't grow. There you go. And if you live in Europe and you want solar, but you have questions about incentives and payback periods and how many solar panels you need. Well, I'm happy to tell you that we are working with our friends at Svea Solar, one of the largest solar companies in the world. You might remember from my recent trip to Spain that we're solarizing our producer's beautiful house there, Casa Castle in Marbella, with Svea Solar. So if you live in Europe, Sweden, Germany, Spain, Netherlands, Belgium, with many more countries coming soon. Reach out to Svea Solar at the link below and get this. We got them to offer something special for Now You Know viewers. You can choose prepay your solar energy solution and get an EV charger with a 50% discount or select the pay-as-you-go solar energy solution with no upfront fees and get the first six months for free. Both offers are valid until November 1st, so don't wait. Reach out to Svea Solar today. And if you live in the U.S. and want to get solar for your home, talk to our friends at EnergyPal. They're the solar and battery experts that help homeowners go solar for less. Take control of your energy, guarantee price of power and storage costs for 20 years. Do it all online on your schedule, on your couch, on your laptop. Reach out using the link below and let them know that Zach and Jesse sent you. All right, it's time for video contributor stories. We got two this week. Oh, nice. Uh, so Paul spotted this. Hey, Zach and Jess. My name's Paul. I don't have an electric car yet, but I saw something that thought you might like to see. Um, I'm at a rundown filling station a little south of Dallas, Texas, and I came across... This is a, evidently a uh, portable electric car charger. So it's got solar panels and stuff. Um, I don't know how much it costs or uh, how often it's actually working or how... You, let's see, uh, has that kind of connector for you? Um, new to new to me, and I haven't seen you guys talk about anything like that, so now you know. So that is a mobile solar EV charging station with batteries made by Off-Grid Power Solutions. It looks to be their OG08 model. Original gangster model? That's pretty cool. <laughs> and Alan sent us in this video. Hey, Zach and Jesse, here at uh, Sugarbush Resort in Warren, Vermont, at a Green Mountain Power EV show. Got a whole bunch of different models of EVs, including the Ford F-150 Lightning on loan. Uh, they're trying it out. This is Green Mountain Power Vehicle that they're trying out for uh, to see if it'll work for them. They got a couple of Rivians on that they've already bought, and they're seeing if they want to get some F-150s. And uh, we're all here just having a good time, checking out all the different vehicles, and I'm sharing my Model Y. Now you know. Thanks, Alan. All right, it's time for our Patreon bonus stories. And on Patreon this week, we've got four Investor Club bonus stories to help make you better investors. On Patreon bonus stories, we've got stories about EV tolls, electric vans, flying boats, and sold-out EVs, and much more. So head on over to patreon.com slash now you know and support us for as little as a buck a month, and you'll get all these Patreon bonus stories. All right, we're back from our Patreon bonus stories. It's time for our shout outs. Who do we got this week, Jess? We've got Mark Birch, Benny Zamani, Peter G, Terrell Kelly, Macy G, Jeffrey Cornish, Howard Sockrider, 
and Cameron Christo. Thank you so much for supporting us. We can't do the show without you. All right. We did a Patreon poll this week. What was the question? We were asking if the new Model Y offered in Europe, that's the standard range uh, rear wheel drive, was an attractive buy to you. And let's take a look at the results. Yeah. I mean, because it doesn't charge as fast and has less range, but it's a whole lot cheaper. So yeah, yeah, pretty cool results. Maybe uh, Elon should pay attention to those results for the US. All right. Speaking of Elon, it's time for his tweets of the week. And uh, he tweeted out, give a little whistle. What's he referring to? That's Pinocchio. I No, I don't think he was referring to Pinocchio. I think he was referring to the whistleblower, Zatko, from Twitter. Uh, the Epic Times said a whistleblower who served as Twitter's security chief said in regulatory filings obtained by Epic Times that the big tech company misled Elon about the number of bots on the platform with possible implications for their ongoing legal battle. And Elon looks interested. Uh, Andrea said former head of security Peter Mudge Zatko accused Twitter of lying about bots to Elon Musk. And Elon said, important threat. And Elon went on to say, so spam prevalence was shared with the board, but the board chose not to disclose that to the public. Hmm. And Spidey Elon fan said, these are some of the key accusations made by Zatko. Nearly half of Twitter's 7,000 or so full-time employees have unmonitored access to users' sensitive personal data like phone numbers, addresses, etc., and internal workings of its software. All right, so Elon doesn't like it when you complain. Uh, James Locke, who is a big Tesla FSD uh, YouTuber, said, Unfortunately, I have to say I'm still having to intervene to correct FSD beta 10.69 in my area. Still lots of work to go. I know this is probably not a popular opinion, but the focusing on the Chuck complex left, which is that unprotected left turn, mm-hmm. is getting ahead of the needs of some more basic control issues. And Elon said, 10.69 is in limited release for a reason. Please do not ask to be included in early beta releases and then complain. Uh Uh-oh. Self-appointed Pope of Muscanity said, Sometimes I snap at people when I try my best and they're not appreciating what I do. I also understand the context of the fraudulent attacks on FSD. Is this what happened here? Elon, please apologize to James. He cares more about Tesla than 99.9% of your followers. Elon says, no, let me make something clear. James contacted me directly to be included in early beta, which is only about a thousand cars, mostly employees. Early beta explicitly has issues or it would be rolled out widely. So publicly criticizing something he had asked for is wrong. Okay, it's not that you minded the criticism of that very early version that James asked for, but the public channel used to send the complaint. For the record, I know that James loves Tesla and that he was, through his criticism, trying to help as best as he could. Love y'all. Elon says, I do not doubt that. Criticism, public or private, is welcome after we go to wide beta. Early beta has many known issues. The reason we release it to a limited number of cars is to discover unknown issues. So I guess Elon's got a point. So, I mean, I can see both sides here. Elon has a point, um, but also James is only trying to help. So, I don't know. Maybe this is why you don't say things on Twitter. <laughs> it's like having a conversation. Like maybe they should have had like just a private an, conversation. An email conversation That's an or interesting. Mm. What a concept. Do they have that? Is having that a, a conversation with just one other person. Is that a, can you do that on the internet? Well, apparently not on Twitter because <laughs> they definitely have all the access, apparently. Tesla Herbert said, 2018 autonomous driving is impossible. Will never happen in my lifetime. 2020. Elon said it was supposed to be here by now. Dang liar. 2021. How dare you let 30,000 real testers use this? 2022. Oh, sure. It can do complex left turns now, but why isn't it perfect yet? Elon liked that one. Elon tweeted out, Mechazilla loads Starship on Launchpad. Oh, man. That's this is the future. Cool. We're finally in the future. Sorry, Merritt said, Ron Barron said, I love Tesla, made about 20x on our money. I think we're going to make 3 to 5x on our money again over the next 10 years. Over the next 10 years, I think Tesla is going to be the largest company in the world. And 10 years after that, I think it'll be challenged by SpaceX. And Elon said, Ron Barron is awesome. Tesla owner Silicon Valley said, 
Full self-driving beta 10.69 stops at no turn on red along with the super complex short left turn. Pretty amazing to see what this can handle. Elon said 10.69.1 releases Monday night, 10.69.2 about a week or so later. So this will be the wide beta version. All right. So but next Monday, we should get the wide beta version. Uh, Elon tweeted out population collapse due to low birth rates is a much bigger risk to civilization than global warming. Mark these words. And I do think global warming is a major risk. Dave Lee said, are people too pessimistic about the future, thus having less kids? Is part of the solution inspiring people to become more optimistic about the future? And Elon said, yes. I like this tweet. Shibatoshi Nakamoto said, if you have knowledge about something, you mostly realize how confidently incorrect most people who are talking about it on the Internet are. Now extrapolate that to all the things you don't have knowledge about and what people say. The Internet is mostly misinformation. And Elon said, true. And I mean, I have a whole in-depth where I want to talk about that. Hmm. Is, so, that, is that coming up? Yeah. You should subscribe if you haven't already, because we're going to talk just about that. Nice. John Carmack says, as I look at electronics with weakening batteries, I wonder when they would be better with bulkier lithium iron phosphate batteries. 40% less energy density, but 10 times the lifetime. Not much demand for 10-year lifespan consumer electronics. Elon says, similarly, high cycle life with nickel cathode is possible if optimizing for that. Adding silicon to primarily carbon anode, which improves energy density, reduces life cycle due to large volumetric changes during charge and discharge. It's a little battery lesson for you. Yeah. James Stevenson says, hey, Elon, how long can Tesla revenue keep growing like this? Elon said, it's safe to say that our output will not exceed the mass of the known universe. <laughs> I wonder if the SEC can get him in trouble for that. Uh, Tesla owner Silicon Valley said favorite book of all time. And I think he's answered this before, but he said it again. Uh, Lord of the Rings and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And Slashdot said, Neil Stevenson thinks rockets are an overhyped technology. Elon says, getting to orbit and back is harder than it may seem. And I don't think Neil actually said that because he wrote a whole book like Seven Eves on rocket technology. But whatever. SpaceX tweeted out, Starlink is now available in Norway. That's really cool. And Giovanni said, reset strikes on FSD beta, Elon, please. Elon said, coming. So probably with the wide beta release, uh, people who have been kicked off of the beta program because they got too many strikes for not being good FSD beta drivers are going to get back on the program. All right, it's time for Community Mail Time. Community Mail Time. And remember, share your stories, photos, and videos with us at hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. Well, we got a letter from Katie. Zach and Jesse, two times now while driving on the highway, I've been forced out of FSD for no reason. I've had passengers with me both times, and they have confirmed that I did nothing wrong. Has anyone else had this happen? The very first time I was forced out, I was using my phone. I agree I should have been forced out that time. These most recent events, I was paying attention, applying pressure to the wheel to let my car know I was there, and I got forced out. I only have two more times, and I'll lose my beta. This is very upsetting because I'm a very safe driver. The majority of my driving is in the highway in autopilot FSD. I'm very curious if others are experiencing this also. Thanks, Katie. Hmm. I haven't noticed this, but uh, I don't know. Has anyone else? I mean, it. here's my thought. Uh -huh. I do think that the interior camera is looking at you, and obviously it forced her out when she was on her phone. My guess is that she's probably doing things looking away from driving more than she thinks she is, and so uh, the camera's like, I don't think you're being a good driver. Because if you can't explain it any other way, my thought is it thinks at least that you're not looking at the road. Hmm. Maybe so, it's sunglasses or something like that. Yeah, it could be sunglasses. Cool. Mateo sent us this picture of a wrapped Model 3 he found at a supercharger in San Diego and an EV Hummer he passed on the I-5 near Anaheim, California. But let's go back to that Model 3 there. Wow. Look Holy the, moly. Look at the rims on that thing. Wow. Dang. But how about look at this one? Uh, Errol sent us these photos that he took of a flashy wrapped German registered Model 3 at his local supermarket at Carnifarn in Wales, UK. 
Wow. So I don't know. I don't know which one's better. That's <laughs> that's cool. cool too. That's good looking. Hi, writes. Hey, Zach and Jesse. Been following and watching you guys for a long time. I don't tend to comment or post often, but I recently came across this in my Tesla app, and I wanted to make you aware. As you already reported on it in the past, Tesla launched the virtual power plant pilot for PG&E customers in California. Now they just launched the same thing for Southern California Edison customers. I discovered this update as I opened my Tesla app and noticed that I can now sign up and earn money via the virtual power plant. $12 per event. Now, you might be like, what does that mean? Well, that would pay for 75 kilowatt hours of electricity or about three days worth for the average home for every time they use his batteries. Yes, sign up for that. That's awesome. Philip says, hey, Zach and Jesse, last month I made a short trip to Oslo. It was such a great experience. I went by ship and then at the port in Germany, I saw quite a few EVs ready to get shipped to Norway. When I arrived in Oslo, I was stunned by the huge amount of EVs present, not only Teslas, but a wide range of different EV models. It was really great walking through a really quiet city with no engine noise and good air quality. I was particularly surprised to see a Neo store in the city center with a supercar in it. Maybe you guys know which model that was. Yeah, that's the EP9. But it was not only the EVs. The pedestrian infrastructure is really awesome, too. What particularly stuck in my head was the pedestrian streetlights that start to flicker when the green phase is almost over, so you always know when it's safe to cross the street. Honestly, traveling to Norway is like going 15 years into the future. So it was very fitting that my first ride in an EV took place in Oslo when I went back to the port in a taxi. The taxi was something like a van and fitted six people comfortably. It was such an amazing, quiet, fast, and convenient drive. It was awesome. Please send some more videos and photos of yeah. that because that's really cool. That's great. Jason sent us this Tesla Model S police car he spotted in Highland Beach, Florida. All right, it's time for Supercharger Reviews. Let's see what we got out there in the world. Hi, Zach and Jesse. This is Scott reporting in from the newest Tesla version 3 Supercharger location in Louisville, Kentucky. 12 chargers, 250 kilowatt each, located near Preston Crossing, uh, off of I-265, near the intersection with Interstate 65, south of Louisville. Nice location. It's in the corner of a Meyer parking lot, which is a grocery store. There's your tire discounter nearby, and over there is a Burger King. And here is the Meyer grocery store with food and bathrooms open till midnight. This is a good location for those of you traveling by interstate. I recommend it. I'm going to give this one a 9 out of 10. Now you know. Hey, Zach and Jesse. This is Dennis at the 8-stall B2 at Kingsland, Georgia. Nice little place, not very busy. In fact, you can see only the one car charging. Um, amenities are fairly close by. There's a Cracker Barrel, pretty close, if people can walk a few feet. Uh, I'd rate it about a six. A very, very nice place. Um, that's it, now you know. Hi, Zach and Jesse. This is Christopher reporting from Casablanca, Morocco, Africa. Here we have a brand new four-stall version 2 supercharger in an underground car park right in the city center. To get inside, you have to take this entrance here. Small disadvantage, it costs 50 rounds per hour, which is approximately 50 cents. 
When you take the elevator up to level zero, to your left-hand side, you're standing right in front of a Starbucks, and otherwise you have many shopping and dining options close by. And make sure you take your parking ticket with you as there is a pin code printed on it, which you need to access the elevator from outside the parking lot. Around the corner of the building, there is also an electronic store offering free Wi-Fi to customers. As of today, you can do a 6,000 km supercharger-only road trip all the way from the North Cape of Norway down here to the Atlantic coast of Africa. Now you know. We're at the supercharger location at the Riga Royal Hotel in Kyoto, Japan. There are four urban-style superchargers here, and they're about a 10-minute walk from Kyoto train station, which has a huge number of restaurants, gift stores, and bathrooms. Across the road from Kyoto station, you can enjoy some views of the city from Kyoto Tower. In the same parking area as the chargers, there's a small shrine you can pray at if you like. Since this location is pretty much in the center of Kyoto and close to the train station with so many different restaurants to eat at, I'll give it a 10 out of 10. Now you know. Thank you so much for doing Supercharger Reviews. Um, there's a lot of Superchargers that haven't been reviewed yet. If you want to review one, you can head over to our website, nowyouknowchannel.com, and upload your own. All right, what do we got for new Superchargers? We've got number 50 in Taiwan. What? It's a little island. They got 50? I, just the other day, it seemed like they had six. I know. It's a four-stall in Maioli, Zunan, Taiwan. There's the 12-stall in Seychelles, British Columbia. Number 49 in New Jersey is the 8-stall in Augusta. Number 297 in California is the 16-stall in Turlock on Countryside Drive. Number 37 in Massachusetts is the 12-stall in Tingsboro, Mass. That's one, one town away. Nice. Number 138 in Germany is the 20-stall in Bensheim, Germany. Number 156 in Canada is the 6-stall in Estevan, Saskatchewan. Number 29 in Michigan is the 6-stall in Badaxe, Michigan. Oh, that's a cool name. 104 in Florida is the 8-stall in North Tampa, Florida. And number 85 in Texas, number 1463 in the U.S., number 3630 in the world is the 16-stall in Houston on Westheimer Road, Texas. Remember when we drove cross-country in 2016? There was like, I don't know, six in Texas. I don't even think there were that many. All right, we got a uh, viewer comment this week. Uh, Zach and Jesse, I received my Model Y and noticed right away that my 14-year-old son doesn't trigger the airbag sensor in the front passenger seat. To me, this seemed very dangerous. He's a normal 14-year-old boy who weighs 99 pounds and is about 5 foot 8 tall. In other words, normal. I read in the owner's manual if there was any type of issue with the airbag to make a service appointment, so I did. After a few days, the technician responded and said that the owner's manual states anyone under 100 pounds would not necessarily enable the airbag. He gave me two suggestions. A, have my son hold a water bottle b put him in a booster seat both of these suggestions seemed absolutely ridiculous to me don't they to you my son is already five foot eight and they want him to be in a booster he's taller than many adult male and female friends that i know so online i found sure enough that many people complaining about this girlfriends who weigh less than 100 pounds etc i did some googling and it appears that there is no regulation on this and manufacturers basically arbitrarily choose how much to sense this just seems crazy to me and ripe for injuries and lawsuits anyway i thought i would share my experience and maybe somehow you can spread the word i love my tesla model y but my 14 year old son unfortunately is made to sit in the back seat and he's not happy mosby uh, yeah, this is because they have to balance safety. Uh, if you're too light and the airbag hits you, it can hurt you. And so they have to pick a number. And I guess they're just finding some average that works for most well, people. It's probably based on the positioning of the airbag and the power of the airbag and a number of different factors. And 
it's not i don't think it's just plucked out of thin air no it's i not, think it's that, not I think arbitrary it's, i think it's pretty is pretty specific and uh the back seat is a safer place for your son to be and the good news is within a certain amount of time your son will be over 100 pounds maybe and will probably be a little bit taller and he's going to be 15 and 16 and so he's going to be able to sit in the front um i sat in the back seat for the longest time as a kid well, and also it we, felt like it was forever. Also, we drove a van, so you know, <laughs> right? Um, what are you complaining about? You're, so, in, you know, you're in a Model Y. Yeah, I, I think uh, just be safe. I want you all. to be I safe. understand why he wants to be in the front seat. That's what the screen is. That's, you can play all the course, games, of course. And hey, I want to thank our Patreon patrons scrolling by here. Yeah, um, they have helped make this show go for six years running yeah the episode 312 is the really the episode i wanted to get to yeah uh because it's six years like that's even better than episode 300 in my opinion and if you're like what six years i just joined a little while ago what are you guys talking about basically you have a thousand videos I, to catch up on <laughs> basically we went on a road trip in our brand new model x back in 2016 and it was so amazing that we just wanted to, we couldn't stop talking about tesla so we were like well we should make a youtube channel about this and so we did and we did a, we were like we'll do a weekly show because nobody knows what's going on with this new company Tesla um, and you know what they still don't i mean i know that you're watching right now so you do but as we've talked about you're in a bubble and there's so many people out there who have no idea when i talk to people every week i'm just constantly amazed and that's going to be a big part of our in depth that's coming up because um you know, I get I get lots of emails and lots of discussion from people all the time. I don't want to steal from the intro of my of my in depth, but basically, there is so much fud out there. But then there's also there's also just blatant lies. Yeah. Um. So I I I want to talk about it because it's really it makes it really hard to be a person who's knowledgeable about this stuff because there's just a whole bunch of just wrong information out there. Look, we got that in depth coming up, plus an in depth about Tesla Bot. Uh, so make sure you subscribe and hit the like button also the bell notification button it really helps out the channel and it makes sure you don't miss anything thanks so much for watching every week we'll see you next week now, now you know save big on your memorial day barbecue all in the kroger app get three pound rolls of juicy 80 lean ground beef for 349 a pound with a digital coupon then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, body armor super drink or arizona tea for 77 cents each all with your card shop these deals at your local kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.